0: Welcome to the Together for Good podcast brought to you by Bethany Lutheran Church in Cherry Hills Village, Colorado. Happy Easter, everyone! He is risen! He is risen indeed! Hallelujah! We are in the Easter season. And you might remember that way back at the beginning of the Lenten season, I shared with you a poem that I had written kind of as an introduction to Lent and some of the theological ideas. Well, buckle up. I've got a poem for the Easter season. And this one goes in and out. It starts off just reflecting on Easter and the text from Luke chapter 24 verses 36 through 49. But as part of writing this poem, I include this story about a pastor preaching an Easter sermon. And the pastor shares some really personal details from his life. Um, As you listen to it, you'll probably guess that this is not autobiographical. Um, But the pastor in the story is based on a friend and mentor, Um, and some of the words taken from here are things that he has said to me in the past. He really did have a son who had a lot of problems um, throughout his entire life, and so much of my mentor's belief about the resurrection is based on hope for his son. And so, know as you listen to this, again, it's not autobiographical, uh, but it is a true story in a lot of ways. And more than anything else, I hope that this poem can just help you think about the themes and the promises of Easter and the resurrection in a slightly new way. As always, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for sharing these podcasts with family and friends. Thanks for the emails you send and the comments and feedback. We love it. We really appreciate it. And we're excited to bring you more great uh, devotional content like this. But here it is, a poem I wrote a while ago, titled, Bodily Resurrection. This Easter poem is based on the scripture passage, Luke 24, verses 36 through 49, and it's called simply, Bodily Resurrection. Bruce Willis, Nicole Kidman, Gina Davis, Christopher Walken, and Patrick Swayze have all played ghosts. They have something else in common. Because all ghosts, whether it's Moaning Myrtle or the dad in Field of Dreams or the ghost of Christmas past, ghosts never eat. Eating is a practice of the living. That's why Christmas has cookies and Brooklyn has brunch. And that's why when we raise our glasses in the air, we shout to life. And that's why... After Jesus was betrayed, beaten, bruised, abandoned, buried, and born again, he ate a broiled fish. As if to say, I am not a ghost. This is not a drill. He, who is me, is risen. Each groggy Easter morning, we tell this story as the smell of lilacs float down church aisles and dressed-up families paste smiles on as they search for their place in the program visitors in a foreign land gathered again to hear the same story from last year. And even though the gathering is smaller than it was the year before, the attempted celebration is more. More flowers, more prayers, more songs, more bass. And yet the story remains the same. He is risen. Perhaps the, it's the absurdity of the proclamation or the complete lack of anticipation, but the resurrection news seems more dead than ever. Easter has become nothing more than a gathering of zombies and lilac pollen telling last year's ghost story. Jesus was not a ghost, though. He wasn't a zombie, either. His appetite was for broiled fish, not human brains. It was resurrection, not reanimation. And telling this story can draw us all into a promise that's meteor. That's what the pastor was getting at when he began his Easter sermon by saying, My son is a screw-up. He is defiant, non-compliant, an abuser and a user, but I'm getting ahead of myself. You should know him on a first-name basis because it just so happens that the case is that the police know him by name. John. His name is John. Last week, the cops stopped by because their old friend John had been selling ganja out of his house. And I found this news more than a little troubling because for the past 29 years, my house has been doubling as a home for John. My son is nearly 30, and he is still trying to sell pills and peddle drugs to undercover cops who know him by name from under the same roof as his parents. My wife explained to John, that he wasn't fooling anyone, that his budding business was officially done, that the cops knew when we knew, that instead of building a business, he was actually building his own tomb, that drugs would under no circumstances be sold from his childhood bedroom. These moments in conversations are now just something we assume. Like a record skipping, or a story where you know the ending. John's life seems to be stuck on repeat. For the last 11 years, John's life has been a crater, a deep, ugly, tragic collection of stories because for the first 11 weeks of his life, John was in an incubator. He was born at 29 weeks. And since his first breath, John's body and brain were not what they were meant to be. And that's why, the pastor said with tears in his eyes. That's why I have to believe that Jesus wasn't a ghost. It was a bodily resurrection, not a made-up story to fuel insurrection, not propaganda nor a vision. I have to believe that we tell the truth when we say, He is risen. Because my son is a screw-up. He needs a new brain. For his entire life, he's hit the same lows, tripped on the same cracks, sold to the same CPOs. There's no cure. Just hope that John won't give in to the same whims as yesterday. And my wife and I know that as John grows, he won't improve. He won't move out or away. His head is corrupted. His body betrays. In this life, that's just the way it will be. And so my only hope is that Easter is true. That God can take a dead body or a broken mind and make it new. Because if Jesus really did eat a broiled fish, then the story of my kid wasn't over in that incubator. And I know we hear about resurrection on Easter every single year, but let me be absolutely clear. The only way heaven will be heaven for me is if I get to see my son the way he was supposed to be.